Hi, this is Beth Botts from the Morton Arboretum. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. True currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine will... Good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Clean beaches and sparkling sand. He won't make her double dig in her garden if she doesn't make him try broccoli aromatherapy. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. High forests, no wetlands, well, good planets are in the main. All right. Wait, I can almost hear myself. Turn that up. Okay, there we go. Now I can hear myself. Show of hands, who's uh, filing an extension? Anybody in the room here of a tax? Oh, everybody's hands are up. Look at this. Not sure yet. Ah, you're an iffy one. Okay. (laughs) That dinger is not working. What did you do? No, that's the one Ron fixed. I know it. Ron. Ron, get back here. Boy, you. Oh, it's just sad now. (laughs) What did he do to this? This is just awful. Vice oh. grips, I think. It's uh, it's 105 degrees in Chicago. It's going up to 147 uh, by 2 p.m. And uh, uh, after the show, I am going to play softball. Good I am, for you. It's a practice. Good for you. Because the season starts on Monday, so I guess <laughs> I better throw the ball once or twice before actually going out there and hurting myself uh, in person. Uh, welcome. To the Mike Novak Show um, next week. Well, we've got marches today. Mm-hmm. We've got marches every the tax Saturday. March today. Yeah, the tax march. That's why. Get your hand up if you're filing extensions. You know, <laughs> they're filing extensions so they can get to the march. That's yes. that's the way. There you go. The way that goes. You know, my feeling is, uh, if you're going to march against the orange dude, do it. Yeah, every week. Every week. Pick a topic and march every day. March every day. Just uh, you got my uh, blessing. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about though some of the stuff going on next week because it's Earth Day, uh, you know. And we got invited to go out and do the show um, uh, at a march or something. I'm not sure how that would have worked. Uh, where are we plugging in, dude? <laughs> kind of thing. Excuse yeah. us, we're broadcasting. Yeah. Wait a minute, don't yeah. walk on the table. <laughs> oh, we're broadcasting, uh, and uh, so we're just going to sit at home here in the studio in the safety and comfort of the studio and uh, talk about Earth Day next week. And watch Ben march around in the control room. Uh, fashionably, which is uh, what he does. Uh, did you want to mention one of the things going on next week before we... Uh, have you got your list? I don't, I've got my list. So I, I'll start with the Earth Day at the Sugar Beet Co-op, which is, Sugar Beet's one of our sponsors from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m., Sugar Beet in Oak Park is offering different ways that you can learn more about supporting the planet. You can come and meet some of the farmers that are growing food in the area. They're going to be in with some demos in store. 
they're offering the chance to do a quote New well, Year's Earth resolution. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get we'll get to more of that in just a yeah. second, just a couple of minutes here. Um, and uh, got another one. Got another. You, you've got the, the the cheat sheet there. I, I got the cheat did, sheet. Did you send that to me? Um, yes. Oh, okay. I figure you did. <laughs> to, huh? to Mike huh? Novak. Oh, it says right there, doesn't it? Okay. Um, and then the. Forest Preserve of Cook County and Friends of the Parks are doing 29th Annual Earth Day Parks and Preserves Cleanup from 9 to 12, and you can register on their website. Wow. Okay. So, lots going on. We will get to some more of that today. Uh, We will be bringing in uh, Kay McKean from Scarce. Uh, They are doing an Earth Day thing, but they're also... Uh, they've got a film festival that Peggy and I were actually judges for. Uh, high school and uh, and I guess college mm-hmm. kids, too, uh, did stuff. Uh, and it's about energy and energy savings and smart grid, smart meters. Um, and uh, the film festival is a week from tomorrow. So uh, uh, we will be talking about that. And then right after the break now, Epic Tomatoes, Craig LaHoulier. And it's a remarkable book, and he's a funny guy, and we'll have a great time with him. Now, we are so excited because the new Christy Weber Farm and Garden has just opened its doors at 2834 West Grand Avenue at the corner of Chicago and Grand. And they get a ding. They get a ding. And this ding, because they're uh, back with the Mike Novak Show, and we love Christy Weber. They moved a few blocks west to a larger space, which means a larger selection of plant material, garden supplies, pottery, urban agriculture resources, and more. Join the crew, speaking of Earth Day, for the grand opening on Earth Day, Saturday, April 22nd, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., again, 2834 West Grand Avenue, right at the corner of Grand and Chicago. The uh, the Big Earth Day celebration is free and open to the public, and there will be chicken cuddling. The new Christy Weber Farm and Garden stop in at Chicago and Grand and get inspired. Hey, is this the year you finally get your lawn off drugs? But why stop there? Why not work with your city, your park district, and local schools to create a neighborhood of lawns that are beautiful and safe? Logic Lawn Care is an Evanston-based company with a decade of experience managing large turf areas naturally. They'd be happy to sit down with you or your school and municipality and give you a free lawn care estimate. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. The Sugar Beet Food Co-op holding a customer appreciation weekend on April 22nd and 23rd to celebrate Earth Day in Oak Park. Members can receive a 10% discount and non-members 5% off on all non-sale items. Meet the Farmers Working Society. Sustainably grow healthy foods, write a New Year's New Earth Year's resolution and post it on the Earth Inspiration Board. Go to Sugar Beet Food Co-op, 812 Madison and Oak Park, sugarbeet.coop. We'll be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? That's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural, professional hair care products available to make sure you get exceptional color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins ordinarily found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots offers non-toxic, vegan-friendly nail services. They've also just introduced a complete menu of natural hair care services for textured hair of all lengths. And how many salons do you think repurpose hair clippings, recycled product containers, and use LED 
lighting. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk. WCGO. Hang on. Everybody sing. Especially Craig on uh, <laughs> Ain't nothing in the world that I like better than bacon and lettuce and homegrown tomatoes. Up in the morning, out in the garden, get you a ripe one, don't get a hard one. Plant them in the spring, eat them in the summer, all winter. Unless you're in Florida. Culinary bun. Yeah, and they don't grow I forget them in the all about the sweat <laughs> right. and digging. Every time I go out and pick me a bit. Homegrown tomatoes, homegrown tomatoes. Life be without homegrown tomatoes. And on that note, let us bring in our guest this morning, and this Craig Lahulier. And Craig, uh, just to make sure I got it right, that is how you pronounce your name, right, Lahulier? That is absolutely perfect, Mike. It's, it's so nice to be here, and uh, nice to talk to you again. It's great to talk to you. I uh, ran into Craig. Well, I, I got invited to meet him uh, actually like a year and two months ago, and uh, it just uh, never happened on our show last year because thing, weird things intervened, like me being in the hospital for a while and uh, stuff like that. But uh, uh, here we are, and I'm so glad to have you. And I was glad that I finally got a chance uh, to take a look at uh, Epic Tomatoes, which. Uh, let me tell you, folks, is a fantastic book. It is just wonderful. I, I wouldn't, I would be really surprised, Craig, if it's not doing very well for you. Well, it, it's. I think it's doing pretty well. Um, it was such fun to write, and my whole goal. And excuse me, there's a little bit of pollen out here. My yeah. whole goal in writing the book is just trying to share with everyone everything I've learned over 30 years of growing tomatoes, and the most wonderful part are all the tomato friends I'm making around the country because I do get a few emails each evening with pictures of issues, and it's so much fun. I, I feel like I'm really connected to many, many gardeners around the country right now, Mike. Yeah, you're sort of uh, uh, the point person when it comes to tomatoes, and you have been for going on 27 years now or longer, um, 30 years, really, and uh it's uh, how does one get to be the point person for tomatoes in the you know in the whole United States? 
Well, I, I'm one of several, I'm sure, but what what happens is the tomato decides to choose people to be ambassadors, <laughs> and I was just very, very fortunate that once, it was mostly the late 80s, early 90s, that people found out that I had this passion for tomatoes. Uh, gardeners who are wonderful sharing people just started sending me their favorites, and, and my goal is if somebody sends me something great, my goal is to make it as widely distributed as possible. So I, I just feel very humbled and fortunate to have been able and continue to play the part that I play because uh, I think tomatoes seem to end up in most gardens, don't you guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's what everybody wants to grow. I actually wrote something I'm kind of proud of, uh, and uh, if I can find it on my... Um, I know, that's always the hard part is all the stuff that I, that I wrote yesterday. Uh, I wrote, I'm not an expert on tomato books, but Epic Tomatoes is a ridiculously informative, accessible, and well-photographed book about the fruit that is probably most Americans' favorite vegetable. And I like the, the idea that it's a fruit that's the, our favorite vegetable. And that's a, a source of a little bit of controversy, isn't it, Craig? Well, often people will ask me when I'm giving talks and such, is a tomato a fruit or vegetable? And I essentially just say yes. <laughs> well, here's my here's my criterion. Uh, if you can put it on your breakfast cereal, then it's uh, a fruit, uh, and it, you know, and and in that uh, he says you can't. Really, you could. Uh, that would be kind of weird. Um, but uh, you, as you point out in the book, uh, tomatoes come in all shapes, sizes, and sweetness. Absolutely. And in fact, you probably could pick a ripe coyote, which is a tiny pea-sized white uh, currant or cherry-type tomato from Mexico originally, or Mexico midget, or sun gold when it gets really deep orange. And if you were to put it on your cereal, it probably wouldn't quite be as weird as you think. (laughs) It still would be weird, but not quite as weird as you think. Well, you know, a little weirdness is sometimes okay. And I think I've grown and tried 3,000 and counting different types of tomatoes. So it is remarkable the array of personalities flavors shapes and sizes when you add in the histories and the stories behind many of them it is a pretty addictive hobby um, and, and, and but, with, but any you, hobby like this only hits so many people. You yeah, know, there, there's something for everybody out there. Well, I, I, there's a couple of questions that that come to mind uh, when you say that, and one is, do you actually grow anything else? <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> uh, we we have lettuce and chard and beets that we planted in October. So one of the so this northerner living down in North Carolina for 25 years finds great benefit in be, being able to grow greens all winter long and garlic. Um, if I major in tomatoes, I would have to say I minor in eggplant and peppers. And uh, hmm. I, I think, uh, Mike and Peggy, as a former chemist, I love to cook. So anything that I can produce out there that I can bring into the kitchen and make look interesting and taste interesting, that feeds another one of my obsessions, which is just uh, cooking really great tasting healthy food. Well, that, that's uh, Peggy's realm. Okay, uh, I I am not much of a cook. However, I mean, I have been known to bring the tomatoes in and and put together some pretty cool dishes. I have a, a kale and quinoa dish that we throw mm-hmm. tomatoes in that is just uh, mm-hmm. I love. It's uh, I adore it. It's one of my favorite things. And if I can put tomatoes into almost anything all summer, they're in there. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried the cereal though. <laughs> well, give it a try. You'd have to try the coyote. Um, the thing that's interesting, and I've had this discussion with quite a few people recently, is when you look at how our countries have learned to eat, we've 
we don't really eat seasonal anymore. We're, we're quite spoiled and be and expecting to walk into a store and find every type of produce in peak condition, 365 days a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm one of those odd birds that tends to be a seasonal eater. So when strawberries are in, we'll eat them until we almost get sick, and then we won't eat any more fresh strawberries. Same with tomatoes. I don't eat a an uncooked tomato between the last one I pick and the first one I pick because I really think it's something that deserves to be eaten at its absolute peak. Yeah, you know, I've gotten more and more in that direction myself. I won't buy the big ones. Uh, if I'm going to treat myself, I might get uh, some of the cherry tomatoes, uh, the mm-hmm. smaller ones, mm-hmm. because you know there's at least a little bit of flavor in them. Uh, but the, yeah, we, but the we others, tried one no. called Zima. We yeah. tried one called Zima that we found off-season, and it, it looks like a sun gold, kind of an orange cherry. Oh, I know that, that one. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yes. And, oh, and the Absolutely. other thing that's going on in the Chicago area is Mighty Vine, which is a comp- huh. uh, Are you familiar with them? No. They are growing tomatoes out in their greenhouse in Rochelle, Rochelle, Illinois, which is a couple hundred miles west of Chicago. And we went to uh, the Sugar Beet Co-op recently, Peggy and I, and they had fresh grown tomatoes in December. And one of my gardener friends, she's a, was the farmer of the year in Chicago several years ago, said, the best winter tomato I have ever tasted. And I grabbed a couple. They were orange tomatoes, yep. and they were wonderful. And they have the orange, yeah, the red, I, they I do the Yeah, I think it absolutely is possible. As we learn more, uh, we, we implement more technology. And, uh, it, you know, the goal for any gardener really is to just get people to grow something. If mm-hmm. you've got some light shining in your property, some sun, you can always put a cherry tomato there. Yep. And uh, it, there's no excuse to, to not get your hands dirty and just learn about the best of what some of these um, vegetables, and we'll call it a fruit, I guess, botanically, <laughs> can be. <laughs> Uh, again, it's the serial test. It all boils down to the serial test. Craig LaHoulier, he is, who is the author of uh, Epic Tomatoes. Okay, we have uh, way too little time, so we'll probably have you back on the show at some point. Um, I think it's something that, you know, I, you can get to the history of it, and I love the history. Uh, one of the things that you point out in the book is uh, that uh, tomatoes are, are sort of a recent development in the United States. Um, really, the late 1800s is when it, things get going and ramped up. And since then, we have now thousands of varieties. But until then, half the people in the country or more thought they were poisonous um, because we weren't particularly sophisticated at the time, were we, Craig? Yeah, and that whole poison theory is fascinating. And there, I've heard so many different aspects of that from perhaps the acidity of tomatoes reacted with the pewter uh, cutlery, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps when tomatoes come in in the, in the, de- the depths of summer, uh, the water often could have been contaminated with some E. coli. So you right. wash tomatoes yeah. with that water, you get sick. Um, the the relationship to the nightshade family and belladonna, and a lot of people don't like the smell of the foliage and would equate that. So there's four different types of theories, and the truth is, if you look in a seed catalog from an American seed company in 1840, 1850, you would see often listed one word, tomato, and that meant red, (laughs) ugly, wrinkly. And it wasn't until American seedsmen started really playing around with it in the 1860s and 70s, and it started becoming more widely accepted as an edible that things just took off. But, you know, one of the interesting things is we who garden now in 2017 have never, where nobody has ever had, an array of varieties to choose from, up to ten or 12,000 types. So 
you know, we, we may think we're not the best guardians of, of our botanical treasures, but with tomatoes, we are the lucky ones right here and now. Yeah, except uh, you point out in the book, and it's and it and it feels like the, uh, what is it? They when when uh, the, all the varieties come down to a, a little point where um, uh, like a funnel, uh, and uh, mm. they're in danger of going extinct. And it was really in the mid '80s with Seed Savers Exchange that people started paying attention to the varieties that were still in people's yards, but were not widely sold, and you were one of those people to help bring back a bunch of these different varieties. We were, if we hadn't gotten our act together, we probably wouldn't have this uh, great list of tomatoes. Really, Kent Wheelie, Diane Wheelie, the Seed Savers Exchange, which formed in 1975, to me, are solely responsible between being able to grow 10 or 12,000 varieties and being able to grow red tomato and yellow tomato, and or supermarket tomato. And it's a uh, yeah, they were visionary. They were extremely important. I'd like to think things work out for reason and that there's fate involved, but thank goodness um, that we have this. You know, people who gardened in the in the 1800s didn't have these greens and purples and stripes. These, these are all things that the bees produced or mutations occurred, and the Seed Savers Exchange provided a mechanism that allowed people to actually share these with each other. Mm-hmm. And when you share something, it has a much better chance of... of going onward so that our kids and grandkids can then grow them. Well, looking at your timetable for tomatoes in Chicago right now, uh, you could probably still start some seeds, but you're a little behind schedule, Mm -hmm. uh, but it would work. Well, our frost-free average date is May 15th, but I always tell people, Mm -hmm. wait till June 1st to get your tomatoes outside because then you're really safe because I have seen the last two weeks in May be brutal here in Chicago. Especially the nights are very cold. Yeah. Um, yep, cold nights and wind, uh, you know, cold wind is really an enemy of tomato plants. It won't, sometimes, it doesn't always kill them, but boy, does it make them look really ugly. They, they just can't <laughs> handle how it desiccates the, the tissue in the plant. Well, and as you point out, they sulk for a while, and then yep. the ones that have been coddled and kept warm uh, are going to leap past them, or at least do as well, even if you've kept them indoors. Sure, and, and I do like to use a guideline of one month from seed to transplant, one month from transplant to garden, but that's when I start in mid-February, and of course, if you're starting to do some of these acts and the weather's a little bit warmer, it will accelerate some of these mm-hmm. steps. And when you think cherry tomatoes can be ready 40 or 50 days from transplant, absolutely. And even for those who have their plants already up and growing, it's a perfect perfect time to think about succession planting and get a second set coming along just in case the deer decide to nibble on the first ones mm-hmm. or, or disease strikes or disaster hits. Um, you know, planting is such an important part of effective gardening. Just, just kind of having a good think about what's going to happen, think ahead, getting a pad and paper out. And, uh, you know, one of the things I like to tell people is I love the journey almost more than the destination. So I don't have to have all of my plants succeed. It is the act of gardening, being out, the birds being my soundtrack during the summer. It's it's really pretty nice. Quick, uh, we have like a minute left. All right, first, Uh a couple of quick questions. One, so if people want to do one transplant instead of two, can they take the original and put that in the yard and still have success? Um, yeah, they absolutely can. And once people get tomatoes going, root a cutting or a side shoe. Just just take a sucker off, put it in a glass of water or wet dirt, root it, bring some plants mm-hmm. along behind them. So there's, 
uh, tomato plants are so flexible. There's all kinds of things you can do to uh, extend your season and to get yourself a crop. And one of the cool things I learned from the book, the coolest thing mm-hmm. uh, I learned, and there I'm was sure a lot of cool, yeah, a lot of cool book. things, was the color, was how the colors determined. And I never realized that it's the skin that's doing most of the coloration. Can you give me thirty seconds on that? Yeah. Well, uh, the so. Uh, the visual appearance of a tomato is the interaction of the skin color and the flesh color. So you take a pink like Brandywine, a red like a Better Boy, a red Brandywine, you cut them, look in a plate, they'll look identical. So this is important for chefs that want to take advantage of the coloring is leave some of your tomatoes intact so you can see some of the skin in the flesh. Mm-hmm. That will essentially double the number of colors you can see because you get that effect of skin and, and flesh. Well, uh, Craig LaHoulier, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to do this again, definitely, uh, when we have more time so we can go into more detail. But I wanted to finally get around to talk to you on the show. Uh, pick up the book. It's called Epic Tomatoes. You can go to com. The information is on my website on how you spell it. Uh, and take the link there. Go to MikeNovak.net. Craig, we will talk again very soon. Thanks for your kind words. Thanks for the opportunity. I really enjoy it. Hope everyone has a great day. And Thanks, Craig. Good too. luck with your tomatoes this year. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. <laughs> All Bye-bye. right. Bye-bye. All right. If you're like me and you lose track of pretty much everything, including when it's time to have lunch, Chicagoland Gardening Magazine can be of great comfort. One of my favorite features is what to do in the garden feature, which walks you through both ornamental and edible plants. For instance, right now, is the time to plant lettuce, cabbage, peas, mustard, broccoli, and collard greens. And it's also the time to prune roses. The time is never right for reading my column on the inside back page, but we managed to trick people into doing that with each issue. Fold the page back. Exactly. It always gives me a chuckle. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere, or go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. Kay McKean from Scarce is up next, and we're going to talk about all the stuff going on For Earth Day, next Saturday, stick around to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Worf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe? Author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? If you're looking to invest in an electrical car or truck, make sure to hire a state-licensed electrical contract. The installation of that charger will require a permit in most municipalities. So make sure to check the ICC website for a certified contractor at icc.illinois.gov. You can also call DNR Services Unlimited. They've been a licensed electrical contractor since 1992. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better.
Chicagoans use your blue carts to recycle. Bottles, flattened boxes, jugs with the lids on, tin and aluminum cans, juice cartons, and mail. No plastic bags, including store bags, no greasy pizza boxes, styrofoam, disposable coffee cups, light bulbs, napkins, electronics, or shredded paper. Put your items loose in the blue cart and not in a plastic bag. Visit RecycleByCity.com Chicago and let's make Chicago beautiful and green. Your talk. This is your talk. Only on 1590. Your talk. WCGO Evanston, Chicago. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. On the line, we have uh, one of our favorite people on the whole planet, and that is Kay McKean from Scarce Kay. Good morning. Wow, that's a really nice introduction on this sunny day. (laughs) Yeah, and it is a sunny day. It's a sunny day in the neighborhood all over the area and warm. And uh, we got you here because I know you're going to be busy next Saturday. Uh, oh, my gosh. Next Saturday, next Sunday, it's April, so it is a wild month. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what you live for, right? We do. We actually do. You kind of prepare and psych yourself up so that uh, a lot of people can participate and take action, take care of this gorgeous planet. Well, we will talk in a second about the Focus on Energy Film Festival that yes. uh, Peggy and I have been part of and that I'm going to be the host for. I know. You so much, you guys, for judging, and now you're going to be the host. Appreciate it. Uh, which is a week from tomorrow. And uh, quickly, where's that going to be, Kay? It's going to be at the Studio Movie Grill in Wheaton on Butterfield Road. Do I need to wear a tux? Ah, uh, wouldn't that be fun? No. <laughs> be, wear whatever you'd like to wear. We're so proud that you're going to help us out and be there with us. We're very excited. I might I might have to surprise you there. We'll we'll have to see what I what I can conjure up. I haven't. Do you have a green tux? <laughs> um, only you know one of those that's so old. You know where the the fabric starts to turn green. That's I might, ah! <laughs> um, maybe not that one. All right, but so that's that's the twenty third. What's happening on the twenty second? Oh my gosh, we have three recycling extravaganzas that we are been coordinating and organizing. One is going to be Elk Grove Village's first. Recycling extravaganza. Really? And then we've got Glendale Heights is having theirs, and Glen Ellen is having theirs. So we have three recycling events where residents can go to those cities' websites to see all the items that they can drop off, things that can be reused or recycled in a special way. They can't go in a recycling bin, but at least they can be reused or recycled by special people. So those three events are going on. Wait, wait, okay, well, stop, 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 stop. What, what? Glen Ellen and where? Glendale Heights. And uh, aren't you an old Elk Grove person yourself? I lived out there for about 10 years, yeah. Yeah, okay. Did you? Yeah, she did. And that is a great little town. I got to tell you, that mayor is something else. But but the point I wanted to get to is you said they can bring stuff that they can't normally recycle. So what kind of stuff are you talking about? So we're going to have books being collected there, glass mercury thermometers, uh, mercury thermostats, so things that... We can recycle, but not in our recycle bins, so that we can prevent hazardous waste and we can get books reused and those kinds of things. So um, we've been working with them for several months now, and it's Elk Grove's first, so they are very excited. That is very cool. Okay, now, 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 proceed. I'm sorry. I, I, <laughs> I, I just I needed details. I needed details. 
there's so many things going on, and I know that there's limited time. So Cosley Park in Wheaton is a little family zoo, and they are having their party for the planet, and we will be there as well. At Scarce, our book Rescue will be open for teachers, but we'll also have we have some volunteers who are there going to be there selling used books that aren't really for schools or school libraries. And we're having a vinyl record um, rescue sale. So there will be two things going on at Scarce so people can participate in that. And it's just all over the whole area. There are fabulous things going on for people to participate in to take care of uh, what we need, air, water, and soil. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get to the Energy uh, Film Fest uh, yeah. briefly here. Uh, how is it that you – how did this come about? Well, you know, it is really interesting. We have been working with the Illinois Science and Energy Innovation Foundation – we were part of a sub-grant a year ago, and they have this fabulous grant system to teach people about the smart grid, smart energy, and the smart meters. And I remember as a little kid, my grandma had come from Poland, and she was really sick when she was a child in Poland, so she didn't get to go to school much. So when she came to America, she didn't speak Polish, uh, didn't read Polish, didn't read English, never got to go to school here. And I thought she was a lady who cared so much about clean air and clean water and clean soil and composting on her own. And if somebody could have told her more ways to save energy or if there could have been a smart meter for her, she would have loved to have joined in. But if they would have sent her information in English, mm -hmm. she wouldn't have been able to read it. Right. If somebody would have t called her on the phone in English, she would have understood some, but not all, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought, wow, when I took Spanish in high school, I was really struggling. And I always had to hear it in Spanish, in my head translated into English, in my head translated back in Spanish to give my answer. And I thought, how much do you lose in that back and forth? And how much can you, detail can you learn if you're doing all that back and forth? So I thought, how about if we help everybody be part of the solution? Uh, taking care of this planet is not just for a few of us, everybody needs to have the information in a way that they can truly participate, truly understand. And so we thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if this innovation grant would like um, our proposal? Well, they liked it a lot. And as we studied, in northern Illinois, there's over 63 different languages spoken. Hmm. That's a, that's a lot. And probably, probably most of them right in Chicago. Yeah, and I thought, what a way to you know, help people be part of the solution and help people. You know, some folks, it would also help save money. So I'd have to have money for um, more food or more books in a family's home than for energy use. So we can reduce pollution, save money, if we can help people be part of the solution. So... We wrote a grant, and it takes a while for grants to get through, and they have quite a strict and detailed grant process, so it was wonderful to work with them. And actually, their director, uh, Claire Butterfield, she had the idea that she, she loved the grant proposal, but she had an idea of then bringing it all together in a film festival. Mm. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a great idea. I've never done a film festival. So... We've really been working hard on it, and Jeff Garris on our team and Beverly Jezerowski on our team have really, really been working hard. And you got, opened it to, uh, what, high school and colleges or just high, high school? High schools and colleges. High schools and colleges. <clears throat> Where? 
anywhere in uh, DuPage County, kind of surrounding DuPage County mm-hmm. area. Okay, so it, it was in that area, and you got mm-hmm. them involved, and they got together, and you gave them criteria, and they had to come back and do basically a three-minute film uh, yes. that, that matched the criteria, and uh, Peggy and I judged uh, 14 films yeah. that we saw. And it was it was quite an array of, of talent and creativity. I mean, I was just amazed that these kids... Just their skills of filming and editing for some of them. Well, you know, we have a young lady named Molly Gardner, and she is a videographer, and she has her own little business and so forth. And she came out and taught the kids. We um, use the space. NIU has a space um, in Naperville and a really nice education space. So she came out and taught kids about the video cameras that they were. that's part of mm-hmm. this grant taught them about background and sound and lighting and gave them some story hints. Yeah. You know? Great. Yeah, she did great. Great. So we've only got a couple minutes here, Kay, um, unfortunately. So if folks want to see the films, they can still vote on them, right, on your website? They sure can. The People's Choice Award, yes, they can go on our website and vote. Um, They can uh, email us if they'd like to come to the film festival to see what these young people have created. Um, and to cheer them on. There's going to be a red carpet. And, you know, it's been great working with Studio Movie Grill because uh, we're working on the Zero Waste event. Perfect. Uh-huh. And, and again, uh, the it'll be at the Studio Movie Grill in Wheaton. Uh, and go to uh, scarce.org for more information. Uh, we've got to let you go, Kay, because yep. we want to get out more information about what's happening uh, next week. So we will see you next week at the uh, film festival. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for judging. Thanks for, for, for emceeing. We really appreciate your help. <laughs> Thanks, All right. Kay. Bye-bye, Kay. Bye, guys. All right. And, of course, next week, uh, one of the big things going on is the March for Science and uh, in Chicago. Yes. March. Peggy's already marching I'm for marching. science here. Um, and the uh, staging area is South Columbus, just south of East Jackson Drive. We can't be there because we'll be here, but that's at 10 a.m., I believe. Start, 10, 10 yeah, or 10 to 12, 11. I've seen it says, a couple Well, of the di- rally is uh, 10 to 11, and then the march is 11 to noon. And that's going to go to the museum campus, which makes mm-hmm. sense. That's where the base is. And then is. the party will probably continue from there. Right, and the science. Uh, w- w- and then in Des Plaines, uh, we've got uh, the uh, Methodist camp there, Historic mm-hmm. Methodist camp, which is doing... The organi- yeah, organization Shift to Green, along with the City of Des Plaines and Park District, has a big Earth Day event out there. I think there's recycling. There's a peace fire circle uh, with various Native groups. And it's part of Des Plaines' 10th annual Earth Day festival at the Methodist uh, campground. Uh, and uh, it goes from, um, I think, like 10 to 3 or something like that. You got it right there? there? Somewhere. I can't see it. <laughs> and it's free. And it's free. So you can go out there. What else do we got here? Okay, I'll give you the cheat sheet because I don't know where anything is on There's it. also the NRDC, uh, National Resource Defense Council, has their big Earth Day concert and fundraiser at the Garfield Park Conservatory. That's in the evening. There's going to be live music. Um, and as they say, they're seeking to raise awareness about climate change while demanding lawmakers recognize global warming as a serious and real problem. So if you want to do something, there's no excuse next week. Everything's yeah. going on. Do something for the planet. I mean, even if it's clean up your block, you know, get stuff out of the, the gutter or, or whatever, or compost. 
Do pull, it. Pull things out of your garage to recycle. Don't yes. throw it away. All right. Your family and friends, uh, both the two-legged and four-legged kinds, spend a lot of time in public parks, schoolyards, and on your own lawn. You want those grounds to be not only beautiful but safe, and that's where Logic Lawn Care comes in. Logic is an Evanston-based company with almost a decade of experience in successfully creating beautiful lawns naturally with organic fertilizers and natural weed controls. And right now is the time to do natural weed control when you see the dandelions pop. Logic works with homeowners on the North Shore, also with schools, park districts, and municipalities across Chicagoland to manage their large turf areas naturally. Get a free estimate. Engage them. Go to LogicLawnCare.com or call 847-421-6500. The Sugar Beet Food Co-op is holding a customer appreciation weekend on April 22nd and 23rd to celebrate Earth Day, like we were just talking about. Here we go. In Oak Park. Members can receive a 10% discount and non-members 5% off all non-sale items. Meet the farmers working to sustainably grow healthy foods. Write a new Earth Year's Resolution and post it on the Earth Inspiration Board. Or check out a book from the Oak Park Public Library to learn more about composting. Sugar Beet Food Co-op, 812 Madison in Oak Park at sugarbeet.coop. Rick DeMaio coming up with weather and climate. Stick around. Community Supported Agriculture, or CSA, creates a direct relationship between you and a local farmer who grows your food. You support a farmer financially up front, and your farmer provides you with local, sustainably raised food during the growing season. This could be a weekly box of vegetables, a monthly share of meat or eggs, and there are many other options. To find your farmer and the CSA that works best for you, go to bandoffarmers.org. Sign up for your CSA today. One of Evanston's best parties of the year is just around the corner, the 2017 Evanston Green Ball. It supports the Evanston Ecology Center and features great local food and beverages, live music, and an environmental art show. The Green Ball is on Saturday, May 20th from 7 to 10.30 p.m. at the Levy Center, 300 Dodge Avenue in Evanston. Go to evanstonenvironment.org for more information and to buy your tickets. See you at the Green Ball. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. Mighty House is on WCGO and better than ever. More better. Hi, this is Robbie Earhart with Mighty House Radio Show. Average Cowkill, certified remodeler, green certified professional, and chief estimator for a major custom home builder. Ron Cowgill, certified remodeler, certified kitchen and bath remodeler, certified green remodeler, certified uh, home and what's that last one now? I don't remember. Listen to us every Saturday from 7 to 10 a.m. right here on WCGO. This is your talk. You want to just put in hashtags in any of your social media. Hashtag 1590WCGO. Evanston, Chicago. I 
Yeah, I think it's DeMaio. Yeah, it sounds like DeMaio. So let's ask him. Uh, Rick DeMaio, do you wear dark glasses when you teach uh, your various climate courses? <laughs> that would that would make me a partial denier, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or just a crazy teacher. Or just a crazy teacher, yeah. Uh, no, I you know, I'm not even a stun... I'm not even a um, uh, sunglasses fan. I I just don't wear sunglasses a lot. I I don't I don't like being like behind glasses while I'm riding my bike or in my car. I think the only time I ever wear sunglasses is if I'm at the beach and I'm trying to read something. Um, and usually when I'm at the beach and not trying to read something, so I don't usually wear sunglasses. Oh. Anyway, Although you know, for my it, they do help uh, pr- oh, yeah. protect know, your eyes from UV. So uh, that's one of the considerations. And I also like being mysterious, so I, I wear them all the time. <laughs> and he just looks <laughs> there cool. There you go. Yeah. I, just, um, I have this I, desperate I actually, need to be cool. Desperate. Yeah. Uh, um, isn't, isn't that song from 1986? I think it is because on XRT, uh, early this morning they're doing Saturday Morning Flashback mm-hmm. 1986, and that was the song. Was that the that song? Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. And- no, well. So, so you're doing you're doing a good job of promoting 1986. Oh, good. Well, that's that's where I uh, I live still at the moment. Okay, I don't know about you. Well, you know what? It it, it wasn't it wasn't a bad year. I, I'm, weather-wise, I'm trying to remember. It was my first full year in Chicago, and I remember the winter was really cold, and the summer was just kind of like a normal summer that year, as I recall. Um, it was <laughs> how, how does anybody remember a normal summer? No, how nobody remembers a normal summer except you, Rick. Well, put it this way, if there's not much to remember about it, then it was a normal summer, right? I guess. Who knows? I don't. Yeah. I wasn't yeah, but th- remember I remember nineteen eighty eight, everything basically yes. went brown around yeah. here by That's the end crazy. of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, was a- I was in a second story uh flat roof two flat roasting with no air conditioning that summer, yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I didn't have EC either. That's my dog barking by the way at at the mailman. Spencer? That's Spencer, yeah. He's doing better. Good. Um, he is doing, yeah, he is um, coming along fine. Uh, it was like, oh, I think, what, about a month ago he had major surgery, and he's he's eating and pooping in the normal way that dogs <laughs> Yay! Should, so. He's being a dog. All right. Spencer gets a ding. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> His poop gets a ding. That's the first thing. All right, time yes, and one right. for poop. Yay. <laughs> well, that's the first thing I've said. How does their poop look? <laughs> I know. We're right? having a poop talk this morning. Like okay. This. Yeah. But, we, you know, we, we took a walk this morning, and it was amazing. It was about 830, and it was, I was amazed at how many people were out on this absolutely glorious day. Um, talk about instant summer, right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And at 730 this morning, I hear the sound outside. I go running out. There's a Baltimore Oriole in my magnolia tree. Oh my God, that's beautiful, Peg. Yeah, I mean, how do you get Baltimore group? Orioles? They never show up in my yard in the city. Oh, come on! I'll, I'll, I'll give them your address. <laughs> yeah, I don't get hummingbirds either. Do you get hummingbirds? Yes. Uh, yeah, of course you do. Everybody gets hummingbirds except me. All right, go ahead. Well, well, well no, 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 no. That's, that's fine. You guys can talk. But I mean, <laughs> it, it, I, I think we all kind of you know experience this when we get into like the second half of April. You get that first really warm, mm-hmm. humid day, and it cast the and it, it attends to correspond with the Saturday morning. And, and all of us who have gardens and houses, we all do the same thing. We get our cup of coffee, and we can't wait to go outside and, and to see how things are progressing. And you usually, you got a cup of coffee in your right hand, and you got your, 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 uh, your left hand on your, on your hip, and you just kind of like you're, you're peering at the ground. You're looking around, mm-hmm. you're looking around, and you're going, okay, that looks good, and that looks good, and why didn't that come up, and why didn't that look good? But... 
Don't you agree, guys? Just about everything coming out of the ground looks looks pretty darn good so far. I got to tell you, I've been doing that in my yard, and one of the really cool things, and this is sort of a geek out on uh, native plants, um, I planted uh, like three May apples um, a couple of years ago. I have 15 of them right now. Uh, coming. Wow. Yeah, and it's an, a wonderful native plant. I have two popping up. And I didn't plant them where they are, so, <laughs> so <laughs> they're naturalizing nicely. Yes, there you go. So I was just well, a, I was stunned at uh, at all the May apples. And the blood root did open. Oh, this and her blood root opened, which is just a beautiful plant, lovely uh, flower. So, so yeah, I, like like you walking around with the camera in hand. How does mm-hmm, this look? How mm-hmm. does that look? Yeah, and and that's that's one of the joys of, of being a gardener. Now we'd like to have the weather cooperate just a little bit. It's a little little muddy. Um, I think we're up to two and a half inches of rain so far for the month, um, nearly eight to nine inches uh, since the first of March. And if you do the, the numbers, 24 out of the last 30 days of measurable precipitation. And we haven't had any heavy bouts of rain, but it's been it's been coming in these spurts, these half inch, three quarter, inch and a half, half inch. And and looks like we're going to probably get another half inch to maybe an inch um, late tonight, which will probably go into Sunday morning, so that'll add another two days onto the docket. Wow! Um, and then we could get another, you know, maybe inch or so on Tuesday, and then another maybe half inch on Thursday, and probably more next Saturday. So we are in a very progressive pattern, a very wet pattern. Uh, the soil temperature, about four inches below the ground, is an amazing 54 degrees. Uh, which is one of the reasons why things are coming up so nicely. We never really got that cold this winter. Uh, we haven't really had a late-season frost or freeze. Uh, and to be honest with you guys, I don't see anything coming uh, that that could even get us even close to 30 degrees, mainly because the pattern is just too progressive. You really need a couple of days to dry out uh, and to cool down, even to get even to get a frost that could hurt the roots, even if it's like a, a what we call a, a surface frost. Anything getting down into the ground this time of the year with this much moisture in the ground is going to be nearly impossible. We're looking at the pattern yeah. over the next two to three weeks. Yeah, I, I saw the chart you sent us about the, the freeze, the last freeze, and I don't think we're even worrying about freeze. We're just talking frost now at this point, aren't we? Yeah, and, and most of the stuff that's coming up isn't even going to be affected by that. But oddly enough, you know, we're five degrees above normal for the month, but yet we've had one, two, three, four, five, six days out of the first 15 that have actually been at or slightly, just slightly, uh-oh, someone else is walking. I'm doing a radio show. <laughs> Check the poop. Check the poop. No, 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 no. He's inside. I don't want oh, okay. to do that inside. Um, but if you think about it, we've had uh, many days where we've been at or slightly below normal. So the only days where we were really super above normal was last Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, and that's one of the reasons why the departure above normal for this month so far is five, mm-hmm. but you remember um, last Monday, we literally had three seasons in about 12 hours, and we finished it up with that pneumonia front coming down the length of the lake. <laughs> I love that um, term. Yeah, it, it, it was. I mean, we literally went from 78 degrees to 42 right. um, in about two hours, uh, and it shows you the strength of, of the lake breeze when you can enhance it. Uh, with outflow boundaries from thunderstorms. It's, it's pretty dramatic. But um, something like that doesn't look like it's going to happen for the next three or four days. The pattern seems to be coming more so from the west as opposed to that system kind of came in from the north and west. So if you are gardening, the only thing you have to worry about 
is the fact that the ground is definitely kind of muddy. Yeah, it is. And Okay. Well, I think uh, the, the dog is telling you that uh, uh, he needs to be checked. Uh, something needs to be yeah. checked. So I'll, I'm going to let you go, Rick. Uh, and uh, thanks a lot. Uh, continued rain. Don't put your tomatoes out yet. It's still way too cold. But uh, we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Talk to you again. Bye bye. Thanks, Rick. Uh, thanks to everybody on the show today, uh, including Craig Lahulier, author, gardener, speaker, tomato expert. Epic Tomatoes is the name of the book. You should get a copy of that. By the way, he's the guy who named Pur- Cherokee, Cherokee Purple. Cherokee Purple. That how way cool. cool? How cool is that? Uh, our our thanks all to to uh, Kay McKean from Scarce. Don't forget a week from tomorrow, I am uh, hosting their film festival. Peggy will be there and. You'll have a lot of fun. Until next week, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.